Exploding uh, Animal here on June 10th. So today I want to talk about fear of failure. Fear of failure. Headhunters have to make a lot of calls, right? And if these calls are not successful, they're not going to eat. They're not going to eat. They won't have any money to pay the rent. But you know what? There's no guarantee that those calls are going to be successful. And that idea screws up a lot of people. Here's why. Because they think if there's no guarantee that any one call is going to succeed, there's no guarantee that any of their call, any other calls are going to succeed. And in fact, a lot of their calls won't succeed. And that's seen by weak-minded people as proof of the negative thinking that none of their calls are going to succeed. So when they contemplate making their next call, they see failure and starvation and no place to live ahead. And that's terrifying. So what do they do? They run away. They run away, but that doesn't make sense. Because if you run away from making calls and you're a recruiter, you're assuring yourself of disaster. You know why? Because there's a cliff behind you. It's called going broke. And if you run away from potential failure, you're going to fall off that cliff. So you have no choice but to move ahead. You know. And here's how you do it. Well, actually, you have to ask yourself, how can I do it? When I'm terrified, that's what you're going to ask me, animal. How can I? Well, I'm going to tell you. You have to do a few things. First, you have to realize that you have a mental disorder. It could be mild, but you are crazy because you can't tell the difference between extreme danger and a little danger. And you have to understand that when you get ready to make a call, even if you fail, you're probably not facing extreme danger. It's going to feel like you are. But that's not true. And you know why? Because your feelings are garbage. Most of the time, that's true. But you know what? Knowing that is not going to take your fear away. And here's why. You can only focus on so much at one time. And when fear hits you, it takes over your entire field of attention. So all you can do is just barely introduce the idea that maybe you're not facing a terrible horror and you can learn over time to trust that idea simply because it's reasonable. It makes sense. And that way, eventually, you're going to be able to lessen your fear enough to act against it. <laughs> Jerry, don't make noise. But <laughs> it's not going to happen overnight. I'm almost done. I know I went on. Your ideas, listen to this, they have to become mindless reflexes before they can work for you. You use your intelligence to pick the ideas you want to run your life, and then you have to work hard to make them mindless, mindless habits. Speaking of mindless, Jerry, Jerry, what show is this? What show is this? What show is that? Ready? Yeah. Thank you, Jerry. Hey, you're welcome. You're welcome. Man, you're going an extra minute and some into your... Thing. Yeah, I, I mean, screwed up at the beginning. Well, I, I that noise I mean, came. All the about, music started playing again. It's all about timing for me. I'm a professional at this, man. And you're, yeah, I, I guess I'm not. After all these years, I guess I'm not. <laughs> I don't have it in me. Yeah. Well, anyway, you know, just try to do better next time. That's all I ask. Yeah, okay. What's going Our on? Our guest this week is <laughs> <laughs> from England. England. She's got an interesting name. Her name is... Where in England? It's, it's all London, isn't it? Kent. No, she's not in London. She's in some place called Kent. Anyway, I thought everybody uh, in England was in London. No, we'll it's bigger than just London. Minute. Her name is Thayer, not Thalia, which I've heard before. Thalia is a Latin yeah. name. Thayer, T H A Y E R. Thayer Prime. Now I don't cool. know if that's her maiden name or a married name or a made-up name. I think it's pretty great. I, I like it. Thayer There's Prime. A, one of the characters on uh, one of the latest uh, hot movies is Optimus Prime. Oh, really? Yeah. One of their related. Cousin. Maybe she's Could a cousin. Could be. We'll Thayer see. Prime. Are you there? 
Hello, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. You sound way different than uh, I expected. Uh, I thought you'd sound... What were you expecting? Uh, louder, looser, you know. Uh, I saw you were a DJ when you were younger, right? Oh, yeah, but that's music, not, you know, the MCing stuff. Okay, okay. Uh, are we going to sing first? I'm all up for singing. I've been practicing all afternoon. Okay, so we're just going to do that Wendy Tramps Like Us, Baby We Were Born to Run. Anybody else want to sing? It's it's mostly whoa, 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 okay? We're going to do that a few times, and we'll do that whoa, whoa, whoa at the end, okay? I'll just count to three, um, and we'll go. go. Come, one, two, three. Come on, Wendy! Wendy, tramps right. like Come on, us. Tramps like oh, us. Come on. on. Baby, we baby, were born to run. Come on, there. <laughs> tramps oh, like us. Come on, you got baby, kids. We baby, we were run. Okay, try the whoa, whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. Come on. Now I can't interrupt. It's too it's too good. Yeah, okay. Anyway, uh Thayer and I had a little uh scuffle on uh Twitter this morning. We got off to a bad start. I hope things pick up during the Did show. You? But look, if you don't want to talk to me, you can talk to Jerry. Jerry's the nice guy around here. I'm okay? right here for you. I'm right yeah. here. Okay. And and you know okay, what? Thank you. He he already was telling me that he's used to people, you know, foreigners thinking that Americans are second class. Sure. So uh you know, he can take whatever you have to hand out. Okay. So first off, is Thayer Prime your real name, or is it something like Katniss that you made up after you saw The Hunger Games? No, yeah, Claire Smith. No, Thayer Prime is my actual real name. Uh-huh. That's Three amazing. Really? There you go. So um, I'm very lucky I married into it, so obviously it's a, a pretty cool married into name. Okay, but okay. Thayer is my, uh, my given name. Married name, okay, Thayer Prime. Uh, and uh, where are you located? Jerry wanted to know. I am 45 minutes south of London. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here again. There you go. London. So jump on a train, 45 minutes, you got it. Okay. And what's your company name? So uh, my company name is Team Prime. Okay. Not Thayer Prime. Team Prime. And Team the Prime. URL, teamprime.com? Yeah, team-prime.com. Why the oh, hyphen? hyphen? You're bad. Because Team Prime was gone. Well, you've mm. got to pick something else. Hyphens are terrible. Hyphens are out. I'm I- sorry. I'm horrendous at picking names for things, and Team okay. Prime What's was a kind of code name. On. I don't uh, care if you're horrendous. What's your title, dear? What's my my title, dear? Let's get with the patronizing straight away. Uh, I am. Oh, the, what's patronizing, dear? Dear, yeah, that's kind of patronizing. Honey. Yeah, any of that. But you, okay. you, you go with it. You know okay. what? I saw a guy on on Facebook today. He's a nice, he's a professional, nice guy. I'm not kidding. That's his job. He's mm. like a motivational speaker. And he said he went into a store here in, in the Toronto area, and uh, the cashier called him Love. And he thought that was fantastic. And then she told him it's because <laughs> she's from England. So then he said, well, you know, my grandmother was from England, and she called me Ducky, and I just loved it. Okay? So here you are complaining that I called you Dear. Okay? You can call me Love. You can call me Dear Ducky. I don't care. It's not, okay, it's okay, not condescending, think- okay? I think the cutest name that would suit you is from up north, and it would be Petal. I'll have to call you Petal for the rest of the call. Sweet. That is Nothing good. to the people on the call, okay? You'll just sound foolish, but that's up to you. No, I like it. What does your company do? What does my company do? Good question. So basically, we do things involving recruitment and strategic work with uh, outreach to developers. Anything where the intersection of technologists and developers no intersection company building. had its day five or ten years ago. I'm not at the intersection oh. of this and that, okay? I didn't understand oh. a word you said. Are you a recruiter, yes or no? I'm not a recruiter, no. What do you do? I, I know what you do. You don't like you are a recruiter, mm. but you don't like to say recruiter. <laughs> no, I know I'm not a recruiter. It is. You call yourself recruiter a recruiting a consultant. Dirty, I read your blog. Word. Don't talk over me, no, okay? Recruiter is a dirty word. Yeah, I'm not a recruiter. So um for me, if if you ask what I do, personally I'm an entrepreneur, I build companies, but also I help other companies build their companies with staffing stuff and issues. And that's born out of helping people talk to technologists. I'm a babelfish between 
what organizations you know what? and uh, well, here, people's to money. Me. Listen would... to me. Listen to me. Uh, yeah, I, right. I like where she's going. Don't let him cut you off. Jerry, I, I, mean, I, I, I thought, thought it was great. I, I get it. Jerry, I don't want to cut her off. I just want to hear her you better. You just did. What do you mean you don't want to? I, oh, maybe, maybe I have to turn up my, my, my headset again, but she's talking too fast and not close enough to her microphone, okay, in my experience. I'm trying to get a word in edgeways before you cut me off again. Go ahead. You know, you know what? Ahead. I know what works, but you go ahead. Go ahead. What do you do? Right. Button up. Button up and listen up. So, like I say, we're like a babel fish. You stick us in your ear, and we will help translate things between what businesses want and what technologists want, and we help people talk to each other. A lot of that happens to manifest in recruitment-type work, but no, I am not a recruiter. Does that help? So you call it, uh, you've got a, a name for it, you call it uh, uh, something engagement, developer engagement? Is that so yeah, you're marketing, once upon a time. You're, you're marketing companies to the people they want to hire who are techies, programmers, right? And, and vice a, versa, right? So the recruitment arm of what we do is about a third of our work. Okay. So and what the, the other, other bits th- of the work that we do. So let's say, for example, a company is saying to me, well, let, let's pick an exact example. So Nokia came to me and asked about, I don't know, four years ago and said, look, we need people to build for our platform. No one's building. How do we do it? So what we would do is go off, do a strategy about how they might do that, then go off and talk to developers and recruit them onto their, blog pla- uh, onto their development platform. So it's not recruitment in the sense that you would know. It's not sitting a bum on a seat and charging a fee for it, but it's about bringing people to a place where people would like them to be. Sayer, what what makes you uniquely qualified for that? Do you have a development background? No, I talk far too much, and I used to do development once upon a time, but I wasn't as good as most of the people who do development when I talked. So I thought, well, someone who talks a lot and can communicate, who can also have development somewhere, and, and also I like money. I like making money. I'm a commercial person in that sense. I thought there's a there's a bit of a need here, but also I love fixing problems, and a lot of people back then had that problem of not understanding how to talk to developers at all. I mean, this is London about 10, 15 years ago. Their idea of talking to developers was going, hey, free pizza, and that is not really an effective way of dealing with senior or decent talent at all. You kind of have uh, absolute disdain for traditional than uh, recruiting. <laughs> Me, yeah, well, you know, that's a bit harsh. It's not mm-hmm. absolute disdain. So it, it's okay. close, though. You're right. It's close. So Why? Way back, well, way back when, I used to be a developer when I was sort of late teens, early 20s. And the amount of rubbish you had to put up with, I don't know if it's the same over there, but certainly on the London scene, the amount of rubbish and time you have to wade through from people literally trying to mess with your head and your career, trying to make a buck out of you is disgusting. I mean, it's disgusting. The practices over here, some of the stuff, you know, people will call up bosses trying to get names of other people, pretending that that other person's already got a job to try and get them fired just so they can hire them again. And oh, yeah. It's really that. horrendous disgrace. We do, we, no, we do not have that over here, so I can, we, I can see why really you wouldn't bad. want that. Yeah, that's, that's ridiculous. And interestingly, I've talked to quite a few San Franciscan recruiters as well, and I do think it's very different in London compared to what, you know, you guys over there, you seem to have a much better quality of your – your recruitment is taken as like a an actual – uh, career path, whereas over sure. here it, it's really quite dishonorable, and it's what people do when they can't do anything else. See, that's uh, that's they're very enlightening, actually. I, I thought Bill Borman was changing all that over there. You, you know Bill Borman, right? I do not know that person, no. Seriously? I'm quickly Googling. This Animal. isn't going to show anything gross, is it? Animal, she uh, doesn't I'm, know who Bill Borman is. I, I, I'm pretty shocked as well. But I want to quote her, okay? She says, most of the people, this is on her blog, so she can't okay. deny it, although she'd like to. Most of the people who are recruiting agents are 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 uh, sales-led, I guess she means sales-motivated, callous, sell-their-grandma types, because who in their right mind, with any passion for what they do could work in those situations like on a contingent as a contingent recruiter who could work as a contingent recruiter except the creepiest people in the world essentially that's what she's saying and and here's more yeah he says he says in recruitment in recruitment services there were there are quite a lot i would even go so far as to say the majority of not so morally driven people not so morally driven people 
Okay, that's I what she absolutely thinks. Absolutely, stand by those words. Yeah, completely and utterly. Again, it may be a difference between the American market and certainly the London market, but no, completely and utterly. You should um, yeah, get get some get some more London recruiters, get some agency ones on your on your call and see what you think. But generally, yeah, the moral corruption in our industry is is really bad. I have um, wow. I have one guy not so long ago who I was working with, an amazing senior developer, really smart guy, who had been um, had his profile half taken with another guy's half profile taken it had been put up as sock puppet accounts on LinkedIn and then his profile had been pimped out to people as a phishing line who then would contact this person and say you know hey great you look like an excellent Ruby developer let's hire you meanwhile they then wouldn't respond obviously because it's not a real person but about a week later the recruiter who was doing this would then phone that company and say hey so you're looking for a Ruby developer that sounds really interesting can I work with you and quite a few of them fell for it until um, one of the companies actually did a sting and, and met this guy. And uh, yeah, and he, he's still doing it. There's still a few. Check out. Uh, oh, what's this? Is it? I'll have to find some LinkedIn. That's not a buddy from Ireland, though, is it? Uh, Animal, you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, I know who you're talking about, but he's Johnny. got a different gig. Yeah, he's got a different gig going now. Yeah, okay. He's not a recruiter anymore. He was, he was running 40 different profiles there for a while. I mean, it was, On it was impressive. On Facebook. On Facebook, and this said, is the thing. Right? So this happens a lot in LinkedIn, and and it happens a lot with our recruiters. So I ran a few um, blog posts and other things saying, okay, London, look, we've got a ton of business. We we're very small. I have no desires to grow. This was I don't know a few years ago. I said, tell me, who are the best technology recruiters? We have free business for them. All I care about is that they are people you've worked with that you trust. There were two agencies that came back, and that was it. And we now Listen, actually work with let them. Me ask, let me ask time. a question. Let me ask a question, okay? Uh, so that person put a phony profile on LinkedIn. All he did was expose a job or a need that existed in the company, and then he called them up to see, you know, do you need me? And they said, yeah, because they really did. Did he commit a crime? No, did he do that, that as being so bad. I don't he see that as being so bad. That, that guy Who's knows about all the jobs. Sorry. I just don't see that as like, I mean, I'm I'm probably going to get lynched here, but I I just don't, you know, that that person's feeding their family. I mean, they they they're finding out about jobs. He doesn't have a family. <laughs> well, it doesn't and matter. It's disingenuous. One would marry him after cheating. they heard about that. It's lying and it's cheating. It's identity theft. That's not lying. Well, I, I don't see it being identity theft. Well, it kind of is because he totally stripped all the companies he'd worked for and then pimped them out to people without his knowledge. That's pretty much what identity. So, is. so he didn't have that what's guy's the point? Hold on, on a second. What's the point of having that person's name even on the resume? Why couldn't they just change the name? Oh no, he did. He changed it to somebody else's name. Okay, then it wasn't his guess, then anymore. I guess I'm with Jerry. I mean, like if people are out there doing that kind of stuff and it makes them look stupid, that helps Jerry look better to all his clients and let these people be fools why are we all on a crusade to fix everything yeah i like good point but my but 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 back to this resume that was stolen combined with another resume contact data stripped the name changed and the companies and client names changed what was left it certainly had no effect on the the guy who had those buzzwords on his resume it probably no, no, looked companies. a lot like somebody else's resume, didn't it? Sager? The companies were left. But I, I, I guess none of that really, I mean, it does bother me from that sense. Okay. But the thing that bothers me the absolute most about all of this is that there's no need to do that. And why treat people like that? And why be a complete shyster? How can you trust anybody who would do something as disgusting as that? Yeah, I just you. don't get it. It's dishonest. I just don't get it. It's dishonest, and it show, what it says to me is that this guy can't get business normally because he's obviously so awful at his own job. He feels the need to lie and cheat, and unfortunately, that is the case with the majority of the agencies and people I've met doing this job in London. So it ought to be pretty easy to uh, kick everybody's ass in London, then. Right, and it is, and yeah. you know, we've, hopefully we've kind of shown that, yeah. No, no, no. She thought she was going to kick everybody's ass and wipe the floor with them, and she found out she couldn't. Okay, so she left recruiting after a short time and got into this uh, developer engagement, which sounds an awful lot like recruiting to me for a lower fee. What do you do, dear? (laughs) 
<laughs> stop saying that. I got to tell you something. First of all, like I got to tell you between sourcing and recruiting. No, no, wait a sec, Alejandra. One second. I just wanted to know that she was talking to the head honcho from SourceCon. Okay, and he's from Texas, and he—I don't know if he was originally from Texas, but he lives there now, and he's the head guy of SourceCon, and he kind of agreed with me and what Jerry said originally. You know that this wasn't that bad. I mean, the guy didn't—he didn't steal anyone's identity. He just put a little fishing bait out there, and the company said, yeah, we're looking. That's all that really happened, okay? It might feel worse than it really is. That's that's, that's, the, uh, that's the North American conclusion, okay? Am I right about that? Anybody disagree with that before we move on? Alejandro, go I ahead. Okay, Jeremy, go ahead. Finish it off. I'm not saying right or wrong. I just don't have that much passion for the issue. That's what I mean, too. Okay, yeah. It's just, mm. we, she seems uh, like a school marm, and she's pretty upset about it. Okay. So, uh, Alejandro, can I just say what I imagine she's doing, and then you'll say what you imagine, sure, and then, sure, she'll, sure, then she'll tell us, okay? I imagine she's calling a bunch of recruiters, just like a headhunter does, and saying, you know, uh, Nokia is looking for people. Would you like to you know, do some work for them? I don't know if it's on a contract basis or what. And they say, okay. <laughs> and then once they go over there, she gets a, 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 a flat fee. Is, is that your impression, Alejandro? Go ahead. That's not the impression I received at all. I Go get ahead. that she's trying to position herself more of a uh, a developer wonk, somebody who's in the geek sphere, somebody who understands developers. I mean, look at her picture on LinkedIn. It definitely looks like it's from a con or some sort of, uh, you know, geek get together. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but it seems like, you know, something <laughs> like that convention type thing. So I think she's positioning herself as, hey, I get it. I know how to talk to these technologists. And there's and nothing wrong with that. No, I, like it. I mean, if this she can make a good. book, great. Sounds great. So what do you do? That We've all guessed now. What is it you do? How do you work? Yeah, Alejandro is completely on the money. That's exactly it. So I'm an ex-developer turned into, like, say, a Babelfish. I'm a translator between people. So my background you know, and who phony. I feel... You don't talk to us like that. We're recruiters. Talk to your clients about, oh, exactly. well, I'm a translator. Exactly. <laughs> we know you're not. You're, you're just someone who understands technology. You did a little work in development, so now you're recruiting developers. Isn't that what you're really doing? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I think if you had to distill it, and when I have to distill it for people who can't <clears throat> quite take the whole thing, that's what I would distill it as. But, no, there we have it. She's a recruiter. Uh-huh. Dang it. Okay, now tell us so, why you hate Chinchin. Well, go ahead. No, go she's ahead. a recruiter that despises what she does, and she's wrestling with it. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay what we do. <laughs> we help people. We help companies. We're paid well. It's okay. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's okay. It's okay. Go ahead. It's turning into more of a therapy session, I think. Yeah, it's on the Jerry. Do I, do I actually have to pay for this? <laughs> okay, oh, you'll so pay for this. Yeah, you hate <laughs> Already are. Hey, oh, contingent, you think contingent recruiting, it, it actually, it, you, commit, you think you would make a ton more money if you were a contingent recruiter. Uh, isn't that what you For said sure. on your blog? Uh, not not exactly. but So basically, I don't like contingency recruiting. I think it is flawed. Um, and we just had the discussion about contingency recruiters. But no, I do. I think it's inherently flawed. And the quote you mentioned earlier was from that blog post. And what I was pointing out before that quote was that, you know, the goalposts move all the time. And basically, you know, a client will brief somebody who's working on commission and all sorts of fail points can happen. And it's just unfair. I think recruitment is an incredibly hard job. One of the hardest jobs I think that there's out there really, because you, you've got two moving things, right? You're trying to sell two things at Consino. If I was a pencil salesman, the pencil wouldn't go, Hey, I don't want to be sold to that guy. I would just sell. I it know. I love it. Whereas hey. in recruitment, you know, everything can go wrong. Everything can go wrong. And I just think that if you get good people doing good recruitment, you should pay them for their skills. It's offensive not to. It's like saying to a designer, you know, hey, how's about you just mock up a whole bunch of stuff for me, and if I kind of like what you do and I use it, I'll pay you. That's the most ridiculous thing ever. And it's the same with recruitment. If you really care and if you really want to place people in your company and you really want to have a relationship – then, you know, you should really build that with the person who's building your team. So, again, on that blog post, the, the solution I mentioned for it is that because obviously contingency recruitment is not going away. So 
the thing I mentioned that really to fix this is I actually say that people should pull their recruiting closer. Stop working with five, 10, 15 recruiters. Work with one. Pay them more money. Treat them nice. Bring them to the party. Take them out for lunch. Do good things. Treat them as your staff. Don't just fling a speck at them, go on holiday for three weeks, and then explain four weeks later why that job no longer exists. I mean, that's Is it safe to say then, after all that, that you do not, will not, and have not accepted uh, contingency recruiting assignments ever? No, no, we have. We absolutely have. Um, Dang it. No, but you stopped doing it. You said you gave up doing it, right? We did. We just stopped, yeah. As much as she can would be my guess. No, 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 no she's, working, uh, she's working at 25% commission now as an exclusive partner, right? Okay, and so no you, haven't done, you haven't done contingent recruiting then in years? No, we haven't done it for, oh, at least a week. <laughs> okay. You <laughs> said... In fact, actually, no, wait, that's not even true. Uh, we actually have one, two, three clients we're still seeing out with, and we will work with them as long as they wish on their contingency. Cause and you hate ex- them. Ex- no, you hate the business. No, I love Are they them. treating you poorly? Are they wasting your They're time? Which is the only reason that I would continue working with them. We drop we drop clients quite frequently um, if if we don't yeah. get along with them. Tell if us a not story about. Out. Tell us a story about firing a client. Uh, well, you know, it's kind of simple. If they treat candidates poorly, we can just you tell don't a real story? It. No, no, a real story, not a general story. A real yeah, life no, okay. story. Okay, give me two seconds to try and trawl back enough, long enough to not. You hurt see, that's anybody. the problem with behavioral uh, interviews. People don't remember. But you see, our last week's well, no, guest. I've got some really well, she's good trying to ones. think of something, man. Give her a second. I'll let you think of Let me think of something. I'll let you. I want to talk to Jerry for a minute. Legally cover me. Okay, well, you, you think about it. Animal's got some questions for me. What do, you, what do you got, Animal? Okay, the last week, the guest, you left early. He said, look, with these behavioral questions, when you ask someone for an experience, specific experience from the past, he said, if what, you know, it is hard to remember stuff unless it's something that happens all the time. If this was happening all the time, that she fired people one. all the time. Okay, hold on one. a second. Got one. Got one. Okay, go ahead. Are you ready? And yeah. no, actually, we, we do genuinely fire people all the time. But legally, I need to be a little bit careful. But this, these guys were assholes, so I'm just going to go with it. Uh, no, so there was a company about two years ago who uh, treated candidates in the pipeline terribly. They didn't get back to them at all within any sort of designated time. When they did, it was wishy-washy answers. The interviews were often put off. People were often left waiting in reception. This happened about three times over. We gave them a warning that we wouldn't work with them if they continued. They carried on. And then they late paid by about a week, so we dropped them, and we live blogged and tweeted about it. So mm. A week? A week? Is that mm-hmm. bad? They late paid by really a week? Bad. How about yep. three we months? Don't, we don't do late paying. We don't do late paying. That does not work for me at all. Okay, okay. So, okay. Well, hold on. I just an interesting side side question here. What is the typical uh, payment term there in the uh, London area? Well, like a week late, was that like two it's weeks? Usually thir- no, no, it's usually 30 days. And so they so paid them like the following week, and you and you and you fired them, and you posted <laughs> it all over the internet in a blog. Yeah, oh my we goodness. fired them. We fired them because of the way they treated people. Okay, but why did they but, have to get back to people? You get back. To, you're the intermediary. No, Remember sure, you told me you're the translator. We, we can't get back to people if they're not telling us, and if they're just vanishing off the radar, can you? How, how do you get back to someone who sat waiting in reception for an interview that was planned and hasn't been cancelled, but the person just didn't turn up that day? I mean, of course you get back to them, you phone them and you tell them, but you can't make an interview happen, you can't march that HR person or that salesperson right. into that room to interview them. So, okay, and so what no. was their excuse after that one first incident? Well, I mean, I'm interested. How, no, how is it that you proceeded to send one more person over there for an interview and get screwed over again? Exactly, right? So at first you think, well, you know, anybody can make an error. It happens. We've all been there. Mm. You know, I've missed calls in the past. Things happen. But, you know, second time you think, okay, we're warned. Third time you think, okay, this is not doing either of our businesses any good. There's no Mm. point representing a client that makes you and your candidates feel crap. There's just no point. Or you, there's plenty of other crappy agencies they can go work with for that. That's not what we're known for at all. I, and, and this is a, an interesting point I'd love to raise because I think it's going to make you, uh, you guys have a lovely rant. But we have always, always made sure that we look after people first and foremost and clients second. I don't see why there's a difference between the two. Well, I think there is because 
if you're looking after a client before a candidate, what you're basically saying is, you know, whatever you want, I will do it for you. And the person who suffers is the person who needs the job or who they want to work for them. But actually, certainly in the London market, what, the client? So, So who are you working for? The client. When it comes to money. But the point is, is the clients that we work with, the ones who want to work with us, know that everybody that we work with are going to be the best people that they could work with who are picky. We have people on our, who work with us who would never work with a recruiter. They just wouldn't do it. But because they know, like we've taught people out of jobs that weren't right for them, and we've also offered them jobs that we earn no fees on, we'll give them the whole of the market appraisal. So they know that they can come to us, even just for advice on a job they're going for. It's nothing to do with us. They will always come to us. And that is something that our clients absolutely love, you know, over and above any of the other traditional agencies. I mean, if you want churn, if you want tons of this, fine, go for another agency. It's all good. But if you want the best person for your job, then they will come to us. So do you do a lot of, uh, you do a lot of contracting then, Thayer? Uh, me personally? Or? No, I mean your, your business. Do you have contractors that are working with your customers on, say, an hourly rate? No, generally we didn't. We have just done this year. We're working alongside Jimmy Wales on a project called the People's Operator, and their requirement was a ton of contractors. So we have got a few out there. But generally okay. we're not contractory. That's not really what we get brought in to do. We get brought in to build like full teams of full-term. In fact, we normally brought in to replace contracting teams with full-termers. Okay. Well, I want Thank to hear you. a story about when you gave someone career advice. Because recruiters on the show, we they don't. never don't. Come on. <laughs> she just said she does it. She just said that's oh, what she does. Oh, God. Go ahead. I want to hear some stories. Oh, sure. So there was um, oh, a lovely man in Brighton not so long ago, maybe a year and a half. He was looking to change his career and fancied something in London. And by the time we talked about it all, it was really clear that what he needed to do was stay in Brighton and do some work from home. And I happened to know another agency down there, not a recruitment agency, a digital agency, um, who we, you know, weren't on our books. And I said, let me introduce you. So I introduced him. And um, a year later, he bumped into my husband on a bus, amazingly, in London and said, do you know what? Please tell your wife she changed my life. That was amazing. And I, you know, I only spent half an hour on the phone with him, but I knew the right people for him to go to, and that's the okay, right no, thing no, to do. Okay, no, no, but what I meant by career uh, advice is it sounded like someone calls you up and says, Thayer, should I make this move, or I've got two different companies, uh, and I, I don't know which one to work for. Do you give advice yeah. like that? Do you, you have insight absolutely. into IT careers. Can you give us yeah, an example absolutely. where the IT programmer didn't know himself you gave him the big picture. Yeah, sure. So there was um, somebody recently who was looking at doing more and more Ruby work when actually what they were really interested in was Scala and, and big data stuff. So I explained to them about how it might be worth taking a drop in salary for 5K and talking to some companies we knew and seeing if that was going to be something useful for them. And actually it was, and they were super happy. So rather than kind of shoehorn them into their next Ruby role, it's much wiser to say to them, look, what do you love? What are you passionate about? What's the thing that's going to make you happy in five years when we have coffee? Not the thing that's like right now is going to get you out of a hole because you're looking for a job and you hate your employer. And and that's the stuff that's, that's important. Or, you know, juniors. We talk to a lot of juniors about career paths to explain the salary levels that they can attain in different roles. I mean, if you've got a junior front-end developer who's looking to maybe go into design or looking to maybe go into development, we'll show them all the different career paths as they kind of fan out down the line. So they can kind of plan a little bit more and think about the agencies and the companies and the people they work with. Okay. And uh, what, if, what if it was your client and you've recruited or you've engaged one of these people and you'd like him or her to work for your client, but they're telling you that they've also got another opportunity. Would you tell that person don't work for my client, even though they're dependent on me to find people, go go somewhere else where I'm not going to make any money and my client is going to be without staff. Absolutely, and I have done many times in the past. Uh-huh. Okay, anybody else want to address that? Does anybody else, you know, give out advice, uh, career advice for free or, you know, as part of a search? Dude, it's frequently just part of what you're doing when you're, when yeah. you're working through the, the talent pool. It's not like I turn on a sign outside my office that says free advice today. I mean, it just happens, you know? I really want one of those. Do you have a story, Jerry? I don't understand what you're saying. Well, that's that's the absurdity of this whole damn thing right there. 
Alejandro, got a story? It's part and parcel of what we do. <laughs> yeah. you, you, you know, I, I, I was, on the, phone, My I was God. on the phone last night with somebody, and we just had uh, lunch the other day. He was very happy. And he was saying, you know, now everybody in the team is coming to me instead of the boss who he reports to. And he's wondering how he's going to handle that. And I told him, you know, you're actually in a great spot to be in right now because you're right below CEO. He he loves you. You're 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 not touchable, and just parlay it. Just keep doing the right things that you're doing. You know, but the, but the truth is, he thought about not taking that role a couple months back because of money. I I wound up talking him down about 150k of what he expected because it was such an important role for his career and the development. I mean, he's got the keys to the kingdom now, so it's part of what we do on a day-to-day basis. Okay, so you, you your guy had uh, I, I, someone, someone famous said that IT programmers, uh, uh, a famous recruiter, she said IT programmers are very tactical in terms of their career. They can't see the big picture, and they need advice from recruiters. Is that true, Alejandro? Is that what you're saying? Um, it, it can be. It can be the case. Uh. You know, I, I to give another example, a lot of times I'll give developers advice on to what business units to look at, you know, what groups, like anything with regulation and risk is super crazy hot, you know, just because of the regulatory environment. So I'll talk to them about the climate and things like that. So, yeah, sometimes people will be tactical because they're thinking about money or getting back to where they were. Yeah, that happens frequently. I mean, Okay, it's the not... reason I'm pressing is because Jerry said a number of times on the show that he doesn't persuade anybody to do something. And if you're giving advice there, uh, you're actually – persuading someone so do you ever persuade someone to uh you know work with one of your clients or is it you know very a light touch yeah no i would never persuade i don't think giving advice and persuading is at all the same exactly thing. thank so, you Thayer, yeah. for being the second person that realized so, the point. absurdity of that statement <laughs> <laughs> and probably not the only so, person i mean it, it seems incredibly straightforward to me right in recruitment and in, in fact any sales job all you have to do is give people what they want if you've got a great candidate who wants a certain type of job and you happen to have that job and you put them together, jobs are good. And same with a great client looking for someone and you found a great person. And, and there are times, Animal, where what they want, you might have to help them understand that what they want is kind of absurd. And yeah, give them some, maybe some information from the marketplace or your right. background. And sometimes they just need your help. Mm-hmm. Okay, but fair, fair, sometimes when you're giving yeah. advice, the advice you're giving is is that the best move for them is into the job that you're offering, isn't that? Or, or the position, whatever you're calling it. I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure what what you're telling sure. these people, but it, yeah. sometimes it's going to be, hey, Joe or Mary, you know what? You can take that job, but I think you're going to be sorry two years down the road. Whereas if you work with my client, I guarantee that you're going to be the happiest programmer in town. That's it, what it sounds like. It must come to at times. <laughs> Am I right? That must. That would be amazing, wouldn't it? Having a guarantee to be the happiest programmer. I wish well, we could do that. Well, you're I would buy, I would buy a stamp with that shit on. Um, no, so I, I don't think it's like that at all. So if uh, so, the first thing we do, because we, we've talked a lot about commission, but the other thing that we do is we work like tr- sort of traditional retains, but it's all in one go. So they just pay us regardless of what happens to some of our clients, right? So the first thing we would always do from the minute of the get-go is tell our – oh, gosh, hang on, I need to cough. Let me mute. There we go. Is tell our uh, candidates if we're getting commission or not immediately, uh, or if then you know if it makes no difference to us. And then any time if I was offering advice, if it was the right job, absolutely I would tell them, and I would push them as hard as I thought they needed to be pushed for the right job. But I would also explain to them how much exactly I will earn for them getting it, and then it's their you know choice whether or not they want to tell you something. Listen, I don't. Can let me clarify for a second here. Kudos. Go ahead, like Alejandro. Uh, you, you say that you, one of the first things you do is you tell them whether you're getting a fee or not. Is Correct. that on contingency assignments as well? Or do you make a special yeah, point of doing that when you're not getting a fee because you're working retained? You draw it to their we attention. We do it on both. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but here's the, here's the illusion. There, here's the illusion. You're, you're, you're making it sound like retained recruiters are not getting paid for placing people, uh, they're not as desperate as uh, as contingent recruiters, but they sure are because usually they'll take their fee in three parts. Uh, 
Uh, one for research, one when they give a short list, one when the hire is made. But even if they got paid all of it up front, they have to produce. I mean, they're never going to get hired again. Uh, I've well, worked a lot of exactly. research. I, I, you got, it, I it, kind it of disagree. To, I kind of disagree. Um, go ahead. Disagree so, with me. Yeah. I'm going to disagree with you. So we we don't work like that. I know that most companies do. We don't. We have one fee. It gets paid at the end of the month. Um, We don't go out and look for business ever. It just doesn't happen, right? Everybody has come to us off the back of a recommendation because they like the way we work. And, yeah, we do have clients where we have placed literally one person in three months, uh, and they are very happy with the work we did because it worked out for their processes of how they were going to work, and they couldn't even work with contingency people on that level because they would not, work with them if that makes sense because of the way I don't understand what you're work. talking about no you've, you've you've totally befuddled me uh, uh uh let me let me let's let's try to narrow would you like an exact would you like yeah, an, exact an example i only understand examples okay i'm sure you're learning how to be a pretty good guest here this is this is good i can Go do ahead. an exact example. I, i've so got one quick question though can i interject just one question what phone system are you using to call into the animal show because you sound great you sound better than Half the guests here in the states. Are you on I'm Skype? Not, what are you on? I'm I'm on Skype with a Plantronics headset. Sounds great. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank so you, Jerry. An exact example of Thank that you, happening. Uh, we worked with a couple of American companies um, in the past. Uh, two different ones, so you can work out who's who if you like, uh, and the other shall remain blameless. And their process was 15 interviews long. It took about two months, and they only wanted the best of the best. They told me the day that they asked me to come in and work for them that they reject around 60 out of every 65, for example. And actually, the exact stats were like out of 70 people, they hire one. And they told me that. And they said, but we want you to work with us to find the best developers because we only hire the best and we will pay for that. So for them, money wasn't the problem. They don't really care about paying for money for bums on seats. What they care about is getting access to the best developers in London. Now, for them, that was two hires over three months of us working How do you know you got the best? How do you know you got the best? Is, she you know, says she got the best, dude. Just go every with it. Restaurant, every restaurant says we got the best <laughs> roast beef in town, okay? And if you believe well, sure, them, you're a sucker. Yeah. Dude, it's, it's what entirely, we say, dude. Just be cool about it. It's entirely subjective. I get that. I really do. But, you know, after 15 interviews, you bloody hope they are, right? <laughs> right. How come 15 interviews? I've never heard I'm of that. Anybody seriously. else on the line? Yeah, but isn't oh. this an outlier? I mean, this is a, one particular case. Uh, we can probably point to a bunch of stuff like that, everybody on this call. But is that the majority of your business? You're saying that that's common yeah place with no, you? No, 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 not at all. In fact, we've stopped working with companies that do that kind of process. We actually outline process first now. Uh, and it's one of the main reasons we actually keep doing a lot of the commission-based stuff recently. So we're about to put up a bunch of new bill. terms that people have to sign up to work with us. And they involve things like only having a five-stage interview process at the very most and a bunch of other things. How large yeah, is the uh, company? How many people do you employ? Uh, five. Uh, but only two of them are recruiters apart from me. Okay, well, tell us the breakdown of your, your team. But first of all, let me ask, is Rebecca on the line? Because I know she's on Twitter. Rebecca, are you actually on the line? No, yes. I don't. Oh, you yes, are? I okay. Yes. So Rebecca Sargent, you know, we're, we're just getting into the management stuff, but, you know, she apparently works a three-day week with everybody remote. She might be a good interview for you. It's up to you, but I'm just letting you know. Okay. Thank so, you. Thank you. It's been a great job for you. Putting Thank that you. out there. Okay, so go go ahead. Alejandra wants to know, what your, how many staff, what their titles are, or sort of what their jobs are. And I'm curious about the three-day week and the remote work. Oh, three-day week? <laughs> yeah, I like that. Right. Now yeah, you're talking. Exactly. Go, go ahead. Shoot. Okay. Thank you. Uh, so uh, we have Neil. He's amazing. Uh, if you go to team-prime.com forward slash about for anybody listening and hooked up, you'll see us all there. So there's Neil. He's amazing. He's our researcher, but he's more recently moved over onto a product that we're building, and he's like a data master, if you like. But generally, he's a researcher and a headhunter. So he goes off, looks into our clients, looks into our clients' competitors, looks into people in the marketplace. What kind, of sourcing, sure what kind of sourcing techniques do you use? Because you said on your blog you've got a little black book. Okay, and you That's talk right. to only yeah. the best. I mean, huh? Do you just That's talk? Right. Start to do you cast a wide net and then talk to everybody and, and then narrow it down to the people that you'd like to work with on a regular yeah. basis? So, or? 
So basically, I love partying. And in my mid-20s, I threw a bunch of massive free parties in London for about 5,000 people um, and got them sponsored by companies like Adobe and Microsoft and things like that. And I got to know loads of really cool people through that. And then basically from doing lovely work with people who we enjoy working with, we get a lot of referrals and recommendations from people of the same ilk. Which is so really this guy, this helpful. researcher you just mentioned, Neil or whatever. So he goes outside. So he goes outside of that, right? So he has no industry bias whatsoever. His background is a solicitor, um, but he just happens. Oh to be right, I really saw his picture. He's a lawyer, and he but he's working. He used to be an employment group. lawyer, yeah. And then we pinched him um, okay. to do something. Yeah, hold on a second. It, First of all, how did you get these companies to sponsor these big parties? Why? Why? What was in it for them? <laughs> Oh, they like they like my network. I've I've always been someone who's quite big into having a, a fun network of people that people like to hook into. Well, how did they it's, hook it's into? Did they bring their? Did they set up tables with recruiters there at your yeah, party? Yeah, no, oh no, I wouldn't let that happen. No, um, one of them brought along a company called The Big Chill, which is like this amazing festival we have um, over here, and so they set up a massive sound system and we had dancing, and that was you know put out as the thing that sounds that like that party they busted up in McKinney, Texas the other day. <laughs> well, side note, I don't know if you got all that. I don't know about that one, Jerry, but I don't Check know. Check it what out. Was it, what was in it for Adobe? Like, why did they sponsor a party for 5,000 people? How Did did they get a mailing list from you or something? Brand yeah, recognition, sure. dude. So there was a bunch of mailing. There was a bunch of tweeting. Um, they were really after looking into hooking into the designer community to make sure that they came over. How did they get into it? Did they get, like, a list from you? Is that what they yeah, were buying? Yeah, sure. So, no, okay. we don't sell information. Well, we didn't sell information like that. But when you signed up, it would say that you know you're going to hear from them at least twice, and then after that you can unsubscribe if you like. So now, there, you, you, you need to recognize Animal can't even get enough people together for a game of cards. So this really <laughs> blows his mind when you can get five thousand people over there. It's like he can't picture it. So any help you can give him would be great. It was uh-huh. a lot of fun. And, you know, I still throw parties. So the picture you were laughing at on my LinkedIn, it looks like I'm at some sort of con thing. That's Martian. my Christmas party. Yeah, so yeah. We, we throw a Christmas party every year, and um, there's some great pictures. I should send them to you. But it's always scenes. That was from Fear and Loathing. I'm actually a lizard from the uh, uh-huh. Las Vegas scene. So, yeah, yeah, you know, throw a lot of parties. Stay stay real. Stay with people. Be, that's not a lizard. Empathy. That's a Martian, okay? Over here. That's a Martian, just so you know. Uh, but hold on a second. So this guy, uh, the solicitor, who's now a recruiter, um, what, yeah, kind of sourcing, yeah, what kind of sourcing? Is he mainly a LinkedIn guy? What does he do? Yeah, I guess LinkedIn is a really powerful tool for us. We bloody hate it, like, more than life itself, to be honest with you. If the minute we can ditch them, the better. Um, uh, they're just horrendous, really. They, they kind of go all out to make you hate their service, both as a user and as somebody on there. But generally, irritatingly, because people are networked really well on it, it's the best way to find people. Um, But then he also uses... uh, You know, I wish people would compliment me like that. They could say every awful thing, like you just said, but I go back to them every time. I always go back. I know, it's horrible. That's not bad. That is good, okay? That means they're doing something fantastic. That means they're doing something fantastic. If you've got no, all these complaints that, and no, you can't get it means away, that they've got no competition. That's what it means. Okay. So he goes we'll on LinkedIn. He goes on LinkedIn. Uh, and what yeah. about Twitter? Do you guys use Twitter as a source uh, of candidates? Do you use it for recruiting? Gen- generally not. So we used to. Um, when I first started, I used to use it quite a lot, but. What I've been reading recently around sort of diversity issues is that people actually find that a little bit dodge. Like they don't really like if people have been looking at their personal streams about stuff. So we might check into somebody on there after we've already sourced them somewhere else, but I wouldn't would I? I don't know. So there's, I'll give you a concrete example. There's a group in London called uh, London Ruby User Group, which is a, a great bunch of people, and they have a Twitter account. So a good way of finding people, of course, would then be to go and see who follows them avidly, who interacts with them. So you can build up a profile of people that way. Um, we don't really need to do that so much anymore. It's not something I'm as interested in. Um, and also you can kind of get a false impression of what that person's like from it which I'm not so sure I like that bias before I've talked to them myself. What about Facebook? Do you do any recruiting on Facebook? Absolutely not, never. No? What about GitHub? No, again, we did for a bit, and then uh, a great chap called James Coughlin wrote an amazing post about how GitHub basically 
screws with who you start recruiting if you keep looking there. I mean, we would certainly use it as a sense check as part of something else, but I wouldn't go on there and just hunt for people. One I mean, there was actually a friend of mine. Okay, go ahead. Finish no, the story. Stack Overflow's well, Stack Overflow's rubbish actually. Um, but no, uh, we've we've GitHub. I actually got a friend of mine to write a bot that kind of went over and scraped people with certain skill sets in certain places, and we saw who it returned. And it was fascinating because it kind of actually returned all the cool people who I'd already placed, which was like cool. Well, it's obviously on the right path. But then you get into this thing where you start always recruiting the same sorts of people, the same demographic, and that's not something I'm particularly comfortable with. I think as recruiters. We need to break out of always hiring the same people. I think we need to think about how we raise up talent from outside of our own bubbles. Yeah, I don't know what that means, but let me move on to another question. I'll come back to that. People are hiring from within their own ecosystems. They don't want mm. somebody who's outside the Okay, norm. but they want, she wants the same kind of person. She just doesn't want to be in this, getting from the, from the same place as other people. Is that what you're saying, Alejandro? Uh, I'm, I'm just pointing out that people are hiring people who have experience in that area. They're not going to look for, you know, a lawyer who who's going to be able to come in and do development, for instance. Well, speaking of lawyers, that's the thing before we run out of time. This, see, Thayer, uh, one of her bragging rights that she claims, uh, she has a develop, background in development. She understands how these techies think, and that's why she's the translator for them. Uh, the thing is, she's got her sourcer, her researcher, He's a lawyer. <laughs> he's not an IT guy, and yet he's generating the candidates. How's that possible? Unless it's really not so important to have an IT background to recruit IT people. Thayer, in your court. Are, are you telling me you didn't do your homework on my staff? Goodness I me. did read your uh, guy. Neil's, I did read him. Neil's a, I read Neil's that a guy. Self, Neil's a self-taught programmer. He programs in three different languages. So that's the key, but he hasn't worked in the field. <laughs> No, he's not worked in the field. He's built his own projects. So we can tell him that side of stuff, and we do a lot of training with people when they first start out because there were a couple of people we hired and fired. It didn't work out. So, I, But Neil's brilliant. No, he's, he's a total nerd through and through. If you were to slice him down the middle like a stick of rock, it would say geek. And that's why we, uh, that's why we stick with him. He's fantastic. Okay. And so now what you're talking about is when you're not using GitHub, uh, is that just because you want X kind of person, but you don't want to get him or her from where everybody else is getting them? Or when you say, I want different kinds of people, what do you mean by that? Yeah, not really. It's not. I don't really care about getting from the same place. That's one thing. That's slightly different. What I mean is, I don't want to always hire the same people in the same bubbles who move around in the same places. Like, for example, if you go to a conference, you generally will always see the same sorts of people talking on stage. And then the next conference goes, hey, they were great people. We should get those people. And it's really boring. And it kind of just proliferates this idea that all the people who are worth listening to are those type of people. And it's the same with senior developers, certainly in London anyway. People are like, oh, well, he's worked at XYZ. And, and it generally is he as well. And this is the thing. And they don't think about breaking out of that. Like, you know, we have a lot of things here about diversity, for example. And so people go, oh, why don't we have more women? And it's like, well, because you keep hiring your friends who are all men. So for me, it's about looking outside of the normal traditional pools. Like, so GitHub, for example, will only show people who have the time to actually do stuff on open source projects or the ability to do that as part of their work. It doesn't show you all the amazing people who aren't allowed to share their code or for whatever reason, perhaps through, you know, fear of being told they're rubbish, of showing it. So should you not hire someone just because they have issues around their confidence? No, absolutely not. You should totally hire those people, but they wouldn't necessarily be on GitHub. Mm, so I think you but I, I'm going to interrupt you. I don't careful. want to get too long. I'm almost done. Okay. You said on your blog, there's a big box to be made in recruitment by the recruiters who place the most candidates in roles as opposed to the best. Correct. What does that mean? Well, you know, if you're getting paid 15 to 25% for every person you place, if you place 20 people in a year versus three that are really good fits, then, you know, but as long you as know they're what? okay you and they you stay can't place the per- you, the, it's, the, it's the company that makes the decision. You can't place somebody who's not suitable for the job, can you? You're, well, you're saying that's not, you're, that's not strictly true. That's not strictly true because you, especially recruiters generally, tend to be pretty manipulative people. So they will be able to sell somebody pretty well. And if the person that they're selling to happens to, for example, be a hiring manager and they're pushing stuff through, then, yeah, I think I think you can place mediocre people and tell them they're the best. I mean, in fact, you actually said this on one of your on one of your blog posts I've got here. You wrote a blog post called Why People Hate Recruiters. 
in March. And one of them that's said here is they all come across as insincere and they claim all their offerings are great. And you go into that in quite a lot of detail, which I thought was fascinating because I agree. Yeah, but that's on the that's on that's on the candidate side. The people I meant they call up, hey, I've got a great job for you, even before they know anything about anybody. But usually, the recruiter will send someone into the hiring manager or you know inside the company, and they'll have fifteen interviews or three interviews, and presumably there'll be some technical people there who can drill down and decide if the candidate is good or not. It's not a matter of the recruiter being a manipulator. I would be, we're almost done, Rebecca. Yeah. Any comment on that, Rebecca? Got a comment? Anybody here want to comment on that? I Nobody. Think recruiters are, are just good at playing people. I mean, that's my only comment. So you think that you you think they could recruit somebody, put in a, a second rate person by bluffing? Is that what you're saying? You're agreeing with this? You really want her on your show or your your webinar, right? So you're sucking yeah. up to her instead of taking my side. <laughs> okay. Okay. I've, I've seen people close. You know, I call somebody up and say, you know, what's the problem, Hank? You know, this guy can do. You said you wanted this. He can do this. You said you wanted that. He can do that. What's the problem? Why aren't you hiring him? And the guy says, Oh, I don't know. And he says, Come on, let's get this done. I got another one for you with this, and it gets done. I've seen it happen, but that's well, the that, rarity, that not what the you're norm. Supposed to do? You're say, you, you tell them. Yeah, of course. You want it, and this guy's got it. I mean, right, right, but but usually. If the the candidate, assuming the client has reservations, that 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 usually takes precedence. I've seen people who will close. You know, I've I've been able to you know talk people in, but but just talk the guy out of a hundred thousand dollars, Alain. Well, is but, Jerry here? I want to hear this. Is Jerry here? He's gone to do business again. He's okay, he doing business. Stay, he doesn't stay for the show. The most of the she just stays for the shout these days. Okay. Now, there's a couple of things you wanted to talk about there before uh, we got three three minutes. Is there something that you wanted to talk about uh, diversity? Uh, You know what? I don't care if I have uh, an Italian working for me or a Greek or a French person. You know, what's the issue with diversity? You're talking about, like, not enough women in IT? I don't think women is necessarily the focus everyone should take. I think it's more about diversity generally, as in the sorts of characters and people. Three minutes, we're never going to cut diversity in three minutes. But basically, the point I was going to hope to end on with that was that if people thought outside of hiring from their own social networks directly, which I see as not necessarily a great thing for the future of our industry, that would be really good. If I can leave people with that idea that maybe actually before they ask friends, they advertise first and then ask friends at the same time and put them all in the same pool, that would be really useful rather than just hiring people before the job's even around. These startup guys, that's what they're supposed to do. Like a founder, he's supposed to go through all his friends to hire. uh, Yeah, and then you know what? I get a call from that founder when they've got 10 male developers telling me I need diversity on my team and it's really hard to retrofit at that stage. Whereas if they'd have just thought about it from the beginning, what kind of diversity? That's the last question. What kind of diversity are they looking for? What's the problem they're trying to solve there? Well, most people are generally looking to solve the male-female one, which I find a bit short-sighted. The ones that I'm interested in are age, sex, people of color, disability. You know, every minority. Well, so, but it's not a creativity. It's not a creativity issue. It's not a creativity issue. He's not saying, I don't have enough diverse intellect on my team. Uh, I, I need people who, you know, think in, in, in different ways. That's not it's it. usually so, a regulatory issue. Oh, yeah, so that's what she's talking about, like a discrimination yeah. or a, an yeah. underrepresentation issue. See, that's not real. That's a different kind of this. It's confusing what, what people mean by diversity. Fair. I liked having you on Yo. the show. Uh, and you know what? They have fun. a... We, We'd usually have uh, an after show with Jerry, but he's so busy, he can't really spare an hour. So usually, you know, some emergency comes up before uh, we're over. So her name is Thayer, T-H-A-Y-E-R, on Twitter. And her uh, company is Team Prime, and their website is team-prime.com. Is that right? You got it. Thank you so much. And you're in England. Oh, and everybody works remotely. We didn't get to that. But another time. Thank you, Sayer Prime! Ah!